Reitman University. The Wandering Jew Podcast. Exploring beautiful humans, thoughts, and experiences with Naomi Edelman. You're listening to Audioversity. I would like to welcome you all to the Wandering Jew Podcast. I'm your host, Naomi Edelman. I thank you for joining me on this journey to explore the diverse experiences of modern Jewry. Today's guest is a fourth year student at Reichlin University studying a double major of business and psychology. He was a counselor for two years in the RRIS Counselors Absorption Team, and this year, one of the three program coordinators. Also a former sniper and sniper's instructor in the counterterrorism unit, and a social activist working with both communities of people with special needs and at-risk teens. I would like to introduce this beautiful human, Shai Katarivas. Welcome, Shai. Hi, Naomi. Hi. Okay, Shai, our previous guest, Baronet, okay, amazing name, had this question for you. What made you feel loved as a child? Wow. I know. (laughs) What a a good question. What a good question first, and what a, like, what a nice question to open up this podcast with, because it makes makes me feel like positive feelings. Oh, good. (laughs) What made me feel loved, uh, first of all, is, you know, my parents showing affection say with words or physically like mom's hug or dad's there's hug nothing like no, it. there's nothing like nothing that like, like it that that kiss on the cheek when i'm laying in my bed before going to sleep when i was afraid of the dark and i would ask them to bring me a glass of water and keep the door open and keep the uh. lights on and they would come and like you know make sure that i'm tucked in so there's nothing nothing like that uh, yeah. that for sure made me feel loved yeah um what else made me feel loved as a child? I think when I was being noticed, like when when my needs yeah. were, were were being noticed, like yeah. something specific that I wanted to eat or something specific that I wanted to do or a certain person I wanted to see. So when that was answered, I feel like I, I was seen. Yeah. And by yeah. being seen, I was feeling I was feeling loved. One hundred percent. Do you feel that that's going away a little bit now that? you know, parents have like phones as a distraction. There's like a very visceral feeling I have whenever I see it. It's not like to fault the parents or anything, but it's just this very clear image I have in my head that I see really frequently where the parent is with the child and they're on their phone. And there's just something about that that I feel like you're missing like such important like development. And also the child is like missing some like sense of reciprocity from you like they're missing some interaction they're missing that feeling of being loved and like you said that was one of the biggest ways that you felt loved was that attention and that like quality time do you feel like that's an issue yeah there are two sides there is more than two sides to it actually i think phones and and smartphones are also a way to communicate they're also a way to get to 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 attach to people who are you're less in contact with on your daily life basis but there is broader senses of or, or ways to communicate like that we could do that are that the phones are actually disconnecting us from yeah. whether it be uh, looking each other in the eye having physical touch yeah. uh, like real ha- like being able to disconnect from that thing that is the phone uh, and be and really be present with the person yeah so whether that is going away um I feel that there are maybe even broader p- 
possibilities of showing affection through the phone or through the smartphones uh, sometimes interesting interesting like you could you could like maybe you can maybe you can uh, emphasize with the feeling that when you're texting with someone and he texts you back he or she texts you back in a way that you can also see that they're attention is was really like they were really replying to what yeah, you were asking yeah. or what you were saying yeah it was an automatic response so yeah. it also is a way to be to feel like somebody's present with me and and really here and really listening but it misses that sense of like the physical connection yeah. the eyes the the yeah for me there is something broader and more true to the core when it's off the phone Yeah, I totally agree. I think that's absolutely irreplaceable. Like nothing, nothing that we have as a proxy is, is replaceable for that yet. Maybe someday there will be. Um, but yeah, you study business and psychology, mm-hmm. right? I want to know why did you choose to study those things? Like what about that was interesting to you? Um, all right. So, so to be honest, the first thing was understanding that I am more attracted to humane subjects as yeah. a person. Yeah. And I feel more connected to humane subject, but there's also a side that I, a talent that I have with some analytics and numbers, I can also do that. And yeah, I was like yeah. feeling ashamed, I was feeling that it would be a shame if I won't use some of it. Yeah, 100%. Like, well, mm-hmm. So I wanted to like test the waters with both. Yeah. So that's why I chose business and psychology together. Okay, nice. Um, then I was thinking of becoming like an organizational counselor. I was thinking uh, of, yeah. of organizational psychology at the yeah. beginning, like of the, the meeting where a person, an individual uh, meets the organization. How does he feel in the workforce? How does he feel in his working mm-hmm. place? And to put more attention to that, but growing into my degree, I saw that my, my hunch was, was true I'm more of a humane person yeah. than a realist and analytic person and I'm more attracted to these human connections so I love what you just said growing into your degree I think that was the perfect phraseology and it's so true because I remember um, like not that long ago somebody was you know somebody had chosen a different specialization than me within my track and they're doing marketing and I'm doing digital innovation and I was saying like no it's so awesome it's amazing and then she was saying like oh no I can't even imagine doing you know Python whatever that sounds terrible and I was saying you know like at the beginning before this year I had zero interest in technology and after this year I really feel this deep love and appreciation for technology and how it's just a manifestation of human creativity and it's really reflecting God like anything that's creative is reflecting God and I think it's so incredible and exciting to see what humans are capable of creating and also like to explore the ethical moral philosophical implications of all these things that's what makes it interesting and I was saying like You know this really formed me and I wouldn't have been able to cultivate this by myself so it was something that formed me so I love that you said grow into your degree because I think that's like accurate yeah I think that in general you need to it's a search for for your talents and your characteristics yeah. and your traits like the way that where do you blossom yeah where yeah. by using what you grow and learn and you love doing and And this whole university and univers and academic study studies in general, it's a playground. Yeah, go and play, go and try, go and experience. Like mm-hmm. there are so many possibilities. If you won't, you won't never know. One hundred percent. Yeah. And I want to ask you because I think because you're more interested in the humanities perspective, 
what would you say are some of like your biggest takeaways? You're closing your degree right now, which is crazy. What are some of your biggest takeaways from your experience in university in general um, mm. and from psychology specifically? Because I feel that that's more your yeah more what you're leaning towards yeah no for sure today i'm more leaning into uh to psychology if i'm thinking on my my the next step in my career or my development is for sure more into psychology wow there is so much that i've taken in from my studies like also from business yeah yeah. i say also from business because because now i understand better how this world functions and how you know and how everything works but i would say that one of my biggest intakes is like understanding that there is a fine center line between putting your resources and your force and your powers and your strength to something that is brought up from within you, your needs, your impulses, Mm -hmm. your wantings to what society expects from you. Or do you build your own dreams and goals and values because of what society expects or because of where where did you grow because there are both there are both things like you will also grow into into the society you're living in right but sometimes there is this intertwinement between my own self goals to what society demands or expects and there is sometimes where i automatically go to what society expects without being without Mm -hmm. acknowledging what my real intentions goals wantings feelings are Mm, amazing can you give an example of that just so we have like something more tangible to hold on to sorry communication science students (laughs) not communication sorry computer science students sorry computer science students but there is this wave of growth in technology and growth in the use of computers and and we see that that pays well and that could give me a good like a good basing base and 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 structure to life but then those who run towards this subject do they ask themselves are they, am i really like intrigued and and do i love interacting with computers like do i love this do i love technology do i love l- sitting all day like most of my day in front of technology and doing that and acting that or mm-hmm. am i only looking at that as like a form to create a structure in today's society around my own life Mm -hmm. now it also it is a question does work is is work your goal like your self-fulfillment the 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 place where you try to get self-fulfillment or is it just a something to help your life with like so what's your perspective which one is how do you see for me for me i see work i see because it's most of my it will be at the end most of what i do i do feel like it needs to come from a self or more more of like a fulfillment of my own self goals and the values that i want to see uh in this world that are being pushed forward and being a part of that of the people who push that who push Mm -hmm. that subject forward for me it's humanity for me it's psychology for me it's self-esteem for me it's like people skills more than others but now i'm asking those computer science students is your does your fulfillment come through pushing technology further working in this work field yeah like or is that something so you feel oftentimes that the incentive for a lot of the like comp size students um to go into this field is like monetary gains and it's not actually because they have passion about this uh subject or that they care for it or 
unfortunately, yeah. Like, not all of them. For sure, not all of them. There are those who really see a passion in that. Yeah. And I appreciate that. Yeah. But I see those who, I also see those who don't. Yeah. And and they suffer. And then there are... But do you think that's specific to computer science? Because, like, let's say... It's just an example. Oh, okay, fine. It's just an example. I could have given any other example for people who, like, don't don't follow their own path and follow what society expects from them or try try to figure out their... Those who really do this self-search in themselves and then ask, okay, what's important to me? What do I want to do? And how does that integrate in today's society? That's the... In my eyes, that's the better way to go around that. Mm, interesting. But those who do that in the opposite way, who see the world and like, okay, how am I going to make it in this world? And then they try to make it in this world and they let go of what they, they, they are not. Um, their unique strengths. That yeah, they, have to they don't put their yeah. unique strengths. They don't, they don't work towards their, their positive self-esteem. They, they, they let's say they... Uh, they try too hard. It's it's this trying too hard and not playing to your talents and powers and 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 natural gifts like the things that you were born with, the thing that's you're, that you're really attracted to. Hmm. Interesting. To push back a little bit, I would say that um, I think that you can really do anything. I think most people can do a lot of things. Um, I was actually just talking with somebody right before about this about you know if. This is what he said. He said, are you supposed to, it's, it, there's no like specific answer to this question, but everyone has strengths and weaknesses. Should you invest more in your strengths or your weaknesses? Um, I said, I think you should invest equally in both. And he was saying that you should invest more so in your strengths because and if the goal is to achieve expertise in something, then you should invest more in your strengths because um, that way you can cultivate them and be and, and have a competitive advantage. Like you were saying, you're born with certain strengths and weaknesses, play to your strengths, basically. But I'm not sure about that because I think that a lot of things you are, you learn on the way and you let life cultivate you and you let your experiences cultivate you. I think like, I, I think I, like there are many things that I thought I would be doing in my life before this point And I never thought I would be studying what I'm studying now I thought it was like as far away you know so far and and not within the realm of possibilities for me at all I thought at some point I wanted to be an actress then I thought I wanted to be a music uh, producer then I thought I wanted to be a director like something very in the arts Um, and now I have like no interest in doing those things or being a professional in those areas Um, and I think the main underlying uh, quality that everyone should have is to be intellectually curious about the world around you and see how everything interconnects. Because like you were saying, you uh, primarily gravitate towards psychology, but business now is also something that you're really fascinated by because business is just, uh, it's funny, like psychology, it, your degree is interesting because to me, it's just like either a zoom in or a zoom out. Like mm. psychology is a zoom in of the individuals <laughs> and then business is just a zoom out of how they all interact together, you know? So I, yeah, I don't know. I kind of think that you just have to be intellectually curious and that opens you up to so many different possibilities and you see how these things interact. Like now I'm interested in machine learning and like AI and then business together and then people and how all of those things interact with each other. And I don't think you have to have specific strengths. I just think you have to work your ass off and then you can get anywhere. Like I remember I heard this quote that said, uh, 
hard work beats talent and talent doesn't work hard, which is true. Like huh. if you are born with certain strengths, oftentimes if if somebody else is working like a million times harder than you, they'll outpace you if you're not working on this. All right. So so yes and no. Cause, yeah. All right. So for the, from the field of, of, of um, what we call psychologia tasukatit in Hebrew, which okay. is like the, the psychology in the workforce of how do you how does psychology come into uh, work? There are three circles that people are searching for in order to find their what we call ideal job. Okay. Right. So yeah. there is what um, there are. There is. First of all, there's the circle of a subject or, 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 or um, um, field where I'm naturally talented in. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. All right. I need to find this field where I'm naturally talented in because if I'm going to a field that I'm not talented in and I'll try to make it in it, there was always there. I'll have to double the work in order to get to the same level as people who were born with that talent. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And it will. And at the end, I could. It's true. Hard work will get me there. But won't I be super exhausted on the way? Like. Won't I exhaust myself just to get to that level because I'm less talented than others in that specific field? So first of all, it's the search for that thing where you have this natural neck and talent too. Mm -hmm. Second, it has to be something that interests you in a way that you can say it always develops. And I'm curious about the development of that thing that interests me because I could get bored by doing the same thing that doesn't develop. Like I need to, if I'm into... Uh, agriculture I need to always be fascinated by this subject because if I'll do the same thing over and over and over again I'll get bored right 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 all right, right. so it has to be something like an, this idea this 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 domain that is growing and I'm interested in its growth mm -hmm, mm -hmm. so there will never be this like end point to it third that it has to serve a greater value a greater purpose than my own needs yeah, because yeah. I need to see like uh, I, I need to have this like drive of this thing is important. One hundred. I think that's the key thing. I kind of disagree with the other two because I think if you're intellectually curious, then those things could be cultivated. Like, like I gave an example before, I had zero interest in anything technology before this year, and now I'm obsessed with it. Whereas, but the point that you have to have a grander vision and be able to focus micro and constantly be able to superimpose that onto the grander vision, I think is the key. Because I was just working with my friend on a machine learning project and he was saying, you know, I really just don't get, I like have no interest. In, he's very, you know, quick and smart and he gets everything that we're talking about in every single class. But this specific uh, assignment, he was like, I just don't get it. It's not like... It's, it's, I don't see how this applies to anything. And I think that's the thing. The difference between me and him is I feel more of a drive because I see the grander vision, whereas he like doesn't get the application. So I think that's the key for, for me, at least I, that really resonates. Yeah. Cause it's less goal orientated and more yeah. values orientated. Exactly. Exactly. And goals are, have a time limit and they have like, once you, once you get that goal, it's done. Beautiful. And this one is something that has an everlasting exactly. impact. Exactly. Value or that. the value in what you do has an, exactly, as you said, has no end point. It has no end point. can keep going. You can keep going that. It keeps driving you. Oh my God. I love that. That was beautiful. That was such a good point. Wow. And it's amazing. You know, when you 
talk to people. I don't know if it's just at university or if this is just the vibe of this specific university, but I feel personally people are really excited and idealistic and they, you know, all want to make the world a better place. It just depends on how you're going to do that. And when I was younger, I felt like that was really like so cheesy, but why is that cheesy? Why would you not want to make the world a better place? What you want to make it worse? So it's just really exciting that, you know, everyone has these goals and everyone has inclinations or is going to pivot to different things in order to contribute to that grander vision, you know? Yeah. And well, I I want to be optimistic in thinking that everybody sees a grander vision in what they do. Yeah. And they're not self-centered as much. Yeah. But unfortunately, I have to acknowledge the fact that it might not be true that in this entire world, there are people who, who I'd say are driven, are driven mostly by self, self, self-surviving maybe 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 even self-surviving uh position to like mm-hmm. say like fuck the world like fuck right, the right, entire right. world like i first of all i'm taking care of myself and my own needs and why should i why why is it on my shoulders to to create a better world let me just go through with my 80 or 90 years of living do my be be the person i i will be okay with being you know that i can live that i can can live with yeah yeah. that i can tolerate like and and enjoy life my my and and that's it and that's enough for them uh which is okay i'm not seeing i'm I'm not judging that i'm of course i'm trying not to judge that because it's okay it's okay because this world is tough because living in this world is tough because 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 taking in everything that is all the expectations of society or this world in general it's 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 a confusing world yeah yeah like it only gets more and more confusing and it yeah. only gets more with this knowledge with the endless opportunities that we have with knowledge and with today's society that opens up so many doors but it also creates fomo and it creates like this and it it's a tough it's a tough world to to decide what to do and with so many possibilities 100% i think in if somebody is totally isolated to themselves then it doesn't matter how they're really functioning but i think the more that you incorporate other people into your life then even if your drive is self you know adulation and that you'll get all these accolades you'll get all these you know, awards, let's say you, a lot of these things are contingent upon other people mm-hmm. on, on, upon you providing value to other people. So even mm-hmm. by virtue of your drive being about yourself, you still have to put other people into the framework in order to be successful. Like, let's say you want to be a successful business person yeah. because you want to be successful for yourself. You want to yeah. be famous. You, your business is contingent upon you having consumers of your product. So therefore, even if your purpose is about yourself, then you still have to have other people, you know, investing in you and buying into that. Whereas if you're totally isolated to yourself, then, yeah, I guess you could function however you want. Yeah, I just hope it doesn't go sometimes into, you know, into exploiting or using or using other people for my own goals, which is which which is very like this is a problematic form of uh, looking at the world Like you know, people are just tools to get to help me get to my own goal. Do you think that gets anybody far, though? Like it's such a negative social. Oh, yeah. And and sorry, but from 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 my business degree. Yeah. Like this. I've seen that. I've seen lots of that. And that also the the thing that made me push away a little bit from business, Mm. like understanding that, okay, this world of business is so competitive and you can get confused with like this. People are not so 
driven anymore by being good to the world or creating a good thing to reward, but more of this competitive, like, make me get my own goals. And they're more goal-oriented goal and value-oriented. And, and yeah, and business in general has this upside and downside. Mm -hmm. And this mm -hmm. downside is, is, is very, um, say, transparent. Not, you can see. You can see that people are using their business or the people around them just to serve a, a purpose that is m mainly economic, mm -hmm. you know, mm -hmm. um, which is, yeah, which is, it's the, it's the downside of business. And, and, it, and you can see that very easily today in the workforce, people are being explo exploited, you know, big frames that are in the chain of supply or the chain of creating their product. Yeah, for sure. mm -hmm. They're touching so many people. Right, like right, right. And at the end they're they're getting their goals but how what's the way how do you do that what is the right. way like um yeah i think that's really important to keep in mind really important um shy i want to pivot a little bit and ask you about your jewish identity a little bit so um is being jewish important to you um it's it's part of me It's, is it important to me? It's yeah. something that I accept as a part of me, and it's something that I s identify with. Yeah. Whether it is something that is important to me, I see, yeah, I see in that my in-group, my family, my, my nationality even, because I see Judaism more as a nationality than a, than a religion even. And this is more mm, a side that touches to me. Interesting. Um, But I also see by putting a label on what I am creates puts me in a group. I know you don't like <laughs> and I don't like labeling. I don't like labels. I don't like yeah. labels. So yeah, so I identifying as a Jew is something that I value, but I don't think is important to me. See what okay. I mean? So it's something that you're that you've been born into and it's just like how it's important in terms of it's been influential on you but is it something that you hold as a value not necessarily I do hold some values that come from being a being uh, Jewish yeah, yeah, right, yeah. Right. and I thank might thank the creation from for putting me in this group like from from being born Jewish because uh, there are values that come with it but again It is something that I didn't have a choice to. Right, right, right. And I can see the upside. I can see the downside. But it is something that I identify with. Not by choice even, mm -hmm. but yeah. Okay, I want to delve into a couple of those points. Mm -hmm. So you mentioned that you see it much more of a nationality than a religion. Why, like, can you ex expand on that a little more? Yeah, it's actually, it's, it's been a conversation that I've been having with my father for a few years even now, because we see uh, the diversity of nationalities, religion, and, and, and even a civilian, see, say. Uh, in Israel, you've got Israelis who are Jews and are Israeli-born. But you've got Israelis who are Jewish but are not Israeli-born. But you've got Israelis that are non-Jewish that are Israeli-born or non-Israeli. There is this three-way. There's like it, it can, there are so many combinations for that. Is there such thing as Arab-Israeli or a Christian-Israeli? Or so there are so many combinations to that. And I see being Jewish 
more as even my nationality because I'm, I'm a part of the people who were born in Israel. I'm Israeli. I'm Israeli first, maybe, because I was born in this country. Mm-hmm. And I'm Jewish second because it's my nationality. Because it's the people that I'm a part of. Because I would still be Jewish if I weren't born in Israel. Uh, okay. See, but it's not since I, but and, and it's not since meaning your ethnicity. Yeah, it's more ethnic. Yeah, yeah, sorry, not I, maybe I wanted to say ethnicity good, more than good. the nationality, but it, my ethnicity is Jewish. Because mm-hmm, mm-hmm. uh, that I would still be Jewish no matter where I would be, where, where I was born. Yeah, true. Um, yeah. And it doesn't even matter if I practice the religion or not. Mm-hmm. This is these are my ancestors. Right. Right. One hundred percent. Have you heard, uh, I'm not sure exactly where this comes from, but I know it's like some rabbi said this, whatever, don't quote me on this, mm-hmm. but it's like a common, well-accepted uh, thing in, in Jewish philosophy that there are three pillars of the Jewish faith. It's that uh, Jews are are in ethnicity, like they're a people. Yeah. Um, then they're also, okay, there are three pillars to Judaism. The people, uh, the the Torah, and the land of Israel. So those are kind of the three things. And it's I think it's true that Jews are both an ethnicity and also a religion. Um, if you more strongly identify with one of those, I guess that's fine. Um, what So like, what do you see the distinction to be? Is the religion like the Torah aspect of it? Yeah, more of the like, do you practice a certain lifestyle that uh, is more okay. influenced by the Jewish religion? Got it, got it, got it. Because I could be Jewish without following this you know, I could be still Jewish with the same, uh, same holidays, even same right. culture. Right? Isn't isn't being Jewish some somewhere more of a culture? Even being an Israeli is a cult. It, it, like is 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 it is it Israeli culture or is it Jewish culture? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Like this, there is. It's labeling one into the other like a little bit by mm-hmm. saying Israeli or Jew, because as you said, there are three pillars of right, this, right. and ethnicity could be both. Could be like you could be, you could be Israeli, and you could be you could be both Israeli and Arab and Christian. Right. See what I mean? You can right. be all three. Right. It's just a matter of where do you put that? I could be Israeli born Christian by religion, right. and and Israeli by civiliancy. Right, 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 See? right. Yeah, it's it's confusing all the <laughs> yeah. words. I guess maybe it just depends on what you primarily identify, identify with. Identify with, yeah. Yeah. Um, so what is your ideal vision of Israel? My ideal vision of Israel. Yeah. Because I know you have some issues with it being considered the Jewish state. So what would it be then? It's if not you could, like, build a yeah, country. Yeah. yeah. I think... I think, yeah, first and foremost, by ethnicity-wise, it is the, the country. It should be. Israel should be the country of the Jewish people by ethnicity. By right? Because, okay. yeah, because it is something that puts us together. Like, like uh, French people are French, like Spanish people are Spanish. or So the same way. Or you could say Israelis are Israelis in today's world. Yeah. You know, yeah. unless Jews are Israeli citizen. Right, right. My view is that Israel should, of course, be the home for Israelis by ethnicity, but it also it needs to be a pillar to show that what Jews have suffered from will not re- be repeated, at least in this country. Mm-hmm. Like to be a pillar to show to the world how do you be, a, how do you, 
identify as a certain group of people, but also accept others who are not the same, with not the same ethnicity as you, who don't identify the same as you and don't mm -hmm. practice the same religion. Because mm -hmm, mm -hmm. that's what we were. We were these outsiders in other countries who practice a different religion, who don't come from the same ethnicity, who don't come from the same origins. We were these outsiders and we weren't accepted Mm -hmm. And the whole we were accepted at first, but then we weren't accepted, and there was always like and and anti-Semitism was always a part of like this wandering Jew thing that right. always wanders the world. So we should have our own home, but we should also be that home that shows how could that be done differently. Okay, so in your ideal Israel mm. picture, what would it look like? What would be different than what's going on right now? Whatever it looks like, how would you? First of all, address what you see the issues to be and what would you like it to look like instead? That's a very good question. I would say first that I do want to see... Well, there is there are equal rights in Israel in general for civilians of, this, of, Israel, of the Israeli state. But I would like to see more equality that goes into all forms of life both religion both ethnicity gives g gives opportunities to everybody in the same equal manner uh, and doesn't and doesn't prioritize one one on the other F first day all right and maybe maybe what I'm maybe what I'm, I'm, I'm going towards is I want to see Israel as the freest country in the world like taking example from the United States but even being more free than that like giving the option to people to live freedom and acceptance in Israel in all different, in, in all values, in all aspects of life. Like, why should, because, yeah, so, so this country is identified as the, of the country of Jewish ethnicity. Does it mean that it necessarily has to go and run by religious Jewish laws or, 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 Take, for example, why does this whole country doesn't run public transportation on Shabbat? Because we identify as Jews and this is part of our religion and this is what we're, we, we identify as. Or is that okay for me to identify as a Jew but also live freely in my country and decide if I want to move around and drive on, on Shabbat, yes or no? And do have public transportation if I choose to use it, yes or no? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Like it needs to be an more of a, a more respected of an individualism country. Maybe that's what I'm I'm going towards. Some some country, a place where you can really be whatever you choose to be. Like there is no. It's a tough question. It's it's, it's a tough question because it's something that we are we are already doing in a way yeah. like we're good at that but we're yeah. not the best in that yeah i would also say it's impossible to have zero restrictions on anything like you have to have some boundaries mm -hmm. in order for there to be true freedom like let's say yeah within within it's like yeah within reason but within you reason. but your reasoning is different than what you see is existing right now basically yeah, yeah like you don't believe sure. it should be zero boundaries you just wish there were different ones yeah a little bit different a little okay. bit different so it's so can you can you kind of uh steel man the argument for why you should keep let's say specifically uh you know uh having removing public transportation on shabbat um 
well it's it's coming from a jewish who doesn't practice you know yeah perfect Jew- steal yeah. from that perspective yeah I think from that, that perspective again because in a way i believe that where if we'll all be judged at the end then make it your own judgment like make it you know, make it live your life to your fullest in a way that you feel you were that you were honest with yourself and that you took the choices by what you believe to be true and be judged by that and then you won't you you won't feel regret anyway and I don't want to harm anyone else and I don't want to limit anybody else I don't want them limiting limit limiting me mm-hmm. so by not having public transportation in Shabbat for example limits the right of movement and the freedom of movement in this country right right now i don't say run the buses and the trains through uh sectors that are known or or agreed to be more respected of these religious uh practices like maybe we should work in in uh in a form that's more state state-like like having states inside of israel or having mm-hmm. uh, or having certain areas that you know that if you want to live in those areas you need to understand that there won't be public transportation on Shabbat mm-hmm. for example and then I could choose freely if I want to live there or not yeah I think that's a really hard one I think it's easier to uh, legislate it's it's not even a big country but I think it's much easier to legislate a more of A, a total picture instead of yeah. like doing all these exceptions oh but but if you live because it's not like oh it's north and south split all the Chilonim live in the north and all of the religious people live in the south it's like yeah. all these subsectors like Tel Aviv not even all of Tel Aviv it's like these subsectors of religious people so it'd be impossible to actually create something that would be uh you know representative geographically of the religious of people everybody. and like yeah. trying to do the transportation within that but take another example supermarkets on Pesach for example yeah right supermarket no. it's an even easier example yeah for sure. if I want to buy in a supermarket that respects Kashrut of Pesach then I should go to a supermarket that I know is respecting of that But there also should be the possibility of me buying in a supermarket that doesn't respect the why, why should that be a possibility again because it could if because if it's not and if I'm forced to go and search for a supermarket that will that will sell me flour on Pesach then that's that means that I've been limited in my freedom by a religious practice that I don't necessarily want to practice now does that come with the Israel's identity as the country of Jews right or again does that need to be forced on Israel's identity and, and on Israeli citizens right what it what is it to me it's just like if you think about the grand scheme of things and in the context of history it doesn't really mean anything to be Jewish unless you have the Torah like we were Hebrews before okay we were separate but we're it doesn't mean anything to be Jewish unless you It's based in the Torah. If you choose to be practicing, non-practicing, that's up to you. But it's still based in Torah. Like, you have this, we're the chosen people, which doesn't mean that we're better than everyone else. It means that we are chosen to have a lot more responsibility and a lot more work and effort. And if you choose to take part in that work and effort, 
and to like be a servant of God in this world Mm -hmm. in specific ways, like that's what it means to be a chosen person, then go for it. If you choose to refrain from that responsibility, that's what it means to like just be the ethnicity and not want to take on those extra things. That's fine. And you can do other things that contribute to the greatness of this world and like bringing a Kiddush Hashem into this world. But um, it doesn't really mean anything to be a Jewish. Why not go live in Sweden or Switzerland like it's, there are plenty of country, every single country in the world doesn't do this except for this one except country. For this one country. So like, why would we yeah. take away from the one unique factor of this country, the fact that it's Jewish, everything that about it that is Jewish? I want to stop on the point where you said the chosen people. Go for it. The fact that we see ourselves or see ourselves as the chosen people does that not necessarily come with this like feeling that we should be better than others that's why i explicitly said it so i have a problem i have a problem with us seeing ourselves as better than others so do i i don't think we are better than others that's why i explicitly said that being the chosen people Uh does not mean that you're better than everyone else i explicitly said that because i don't think that that's true what it means to be chosen mm-hmm. is that you are chosen to have a lot more responsibilities. That's but again, what it means. All right. So I'm chosen, but I don't have a choice? No, you're chosen as in you're part of this ethnicity. You can choose to be an active member or a passive member. So if I decide to be a passive member, I, I feel like I should have the possibility inside this country. I'm not taking away from this country's uh like this country's um say uh how did you say you said that beautifully before taking away everything that is jewish from from this jewish country like these traits that make this i'm not taking away from that but you but you are because because let's just let's just talk about this for a second Mm -hmm. like let's say let's say you're in a relationship with somebody Mm -hmm. Okay, and they want to get married in six months Mm -hmm. and you want to get married in two months. Mm -hmm. You are going to move according to the slowest person in that relationship. Okay, meaning you're going to move with the person with the most restriction. In other words, you're you're not a vegan. You're dating a vegan. Mm -hmm. You are going to vegan restaurants. You're going to be going with the person who has the most restriction. You know what? It's only if that is. It's only if that if if this relationship is more important to me than what I'm eating. So, it's only if my practicing Jewish religion is more important uh, than my identity is Jewish or Israeli. What does it mean See? to be Jewish Israeli without like without a Jewish identity? What does that mean to me? That seems like a contradiction in terms. So I would love to see what it's you think a little. About that. Yeah, it, it could could be seen also as a contradiction of term because mm-hmm. again. I could be, I could convert to a, a different religion and no longer be considered Jewish, right? No, you can't. No, exactly. Right. That's that's my point. No, I will still be by ethnicity. I will still be Jewish. So right. I could be Israeli Jewish without being religiously Jewish. Right. Again, I could be. There is a certain person in this country who is Arab Muslim. Sorry, Arab Christian and Israeli. Right. All three. Right. Right. How come? Right. How come? How could be? How can he be a Christian and a Arab at the same time, or an Israeli at the same time? But there is. Well, Arab is geographical, like ancestry. It's also ethnicity. It's also nationality. It's also like his Israeli's nationality, which is like a citizenship that you yeah. hold. Like if he were to move to America and have kids there, his kids would not be Israeli. 
um, Christianity is your faith. So these are all like different facets of a human. They're not like contradictions with each other. It so again, like so 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 because, if they're not contradictions mm-hmm. with one another, I think that there also needs to be a separation between Jewish and Israeli. Between Jewish and Israeli. So, so do you think it's important to preserve this country as a Jewish country? Like, what is that? What would that look like? It's a very good question. Because if, if we not, then again, we are taking away from everything that was built here in the last 70 years right. because of that, like the fact that we, when we, I take that argument right. into. And what does it mean to be a Jewish country? If this is, I think this yeah. is my issue. If we're a Jewish country with like your definition, mm-hmm. right? If we're a Jewish country, but we want to have like all the freedoms of like, let's say we mm-hmm. want to basically be Sweden, just be a Jewish like a population, mm-hmm. then that would be a really flimsy foundation because then that means that we would always have to be the majority population in order for it to stay the, a Jewish country. Otherwise, like, what does it mean? If you have no laws that are reflecting of the Jewish religion, then it's not really a Jewish country. If you're no longer the majority population, because then it's just like mm-hmm. a competition of birthing rates between like Christians, Arabs, Jews, whoever has more babies and ends up being the majority population, then like then we would just be any other country and Jewish only in that our name is Israel. And then you don't have any, you know, values or laws, you know, no holidays, nothing reflecting the Jewish culture religion anything people even erased yeah it's so how do you preserve the jewish country how do you preserve the jewish country without being yeah without practicing the religion is a very good country it's a very good question because thank you (laughs) no it's a good question because i don't i don't think i have an answer for that i don't think i have an answer for that i think that again for me who's not practicing the religious aspect of being jewish but do identify as jewish by ethnicity and culture Mm -hmm. and and family values and you know everything about me is screaming out israeli jewish white right. boy uh, whatever <laughs> yeah uh good with numbers and <laughs> just the whole stereotype. The whole, yeah the whole stereotype around me it's a very good question how do you i think i think we're coming into this world with we're coming into this new world where there needs to be in this new age of judaism also ooh, a new age of judaism what does yeah, that mean because <laughs> we were doing pretty well in the world before the second world war even without having a jewish country jewish people were being we were pretty success, successful even, yeah and you couldn't say that everybody who were successful were also practicing jewish traditions for right. example what we still have been seen as jewish take it furthermore take it for a step further mm-hmm. we weren't being like when you were identified as a Jew in Europe in the Second World War and this whole Holocaust period, mm-hmm. it didn't matter to them if you were practicing more or less right, right. Jewish tradition or Jewish religion. Right. You were identified as Jew because of your ethnicity, right. because of your ancestors. Right. So I'm raising the question again. Are we identified as Jewish because we're practicing the religion here in Israel and because yeah. we are having these traits of the country that are keeping Jew that are keeping us with these Jewish traditions and laws and, oh. and stuff or are we being seen as Jewish living in Israel because it's the Jewish country and that's enough I think that's I think that's a key actually and I think it's kind of a luxury that you think this way because um, it's 
something that you can this is something I realized like coming as an American that a lot of people end up saying it's actually kind of easier to be a religious Jew outside of Israel than inside of Israel Mm -hmm. because if you are outside of Israel and you are trying to be religious, you have to fight against everything around you and you have to be an active member. Yeah. Whereas here, yeah. it happens to you by default. By default, And the yeah. issue is that if you're living outside of Israel and you're not being an active member, then you're at very, very, very high risk of assimilation and for your lineage dying off and you no longer having Jews in your family. And that's happening in my family mm-hmm. very viscerally. So it's I think it's a luxury that Israelis have, Israeli Jews have, that you live here and you're starting to think about these questions like, oh, does it really matter if we even have like all these religious aspects when it's a luxury that we even have this conversation because this is something that we can only have because we're living in a Jewish state. And it's a gift that we can even think about this because we're living in a Jewish state and because we have the luxury of it being a default. If we were living outside of Israel, nobody would be thinking, oh, does it really matter? Whatever. Like, yeah, you make those individual decisions, but also you recognize that this will affect your entire lineage. And that's why there's such a big emphasis outside of Israel that you should marry Jewish if you want to preserve your lineage. It, for sure. You've touched on the point that it's for sure. Yeah, it's, it is a luxury. I won't shy away from that. It is a luxury because I see because I've, I've experienced more Judaism as a culture more than a religion mm-hmm. for me. Right. So right. so again, I can see how we can keep it as a culture even outside of Israel and even without having uh, religious limitations here in Israel by still keeping the Jewish culture. What does Jewish culture mean? What does culture mean? Culture is language. Culture is holidays. Culture is... But the holidays are religious. The yeah, language, I'm not shying away from that as langu- well. The language but, is religious. Yeah, but the but it's more of a tradition. It's again, it's tradition. Tradition can it's 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 it, how do I practice the tradition is also my way of doing it. You know, if I come right. from an Ashkenazi background or a, a Sephardi background, we also practice the same holidays differently. But you know, amazingly, very similar. Yeah, there's slight variations. So okay, yeah. so if I create this new age of Judaism in, in today's yes. world, and I and I decide to celebrate Hanukkah in a different way, but I still respect the origins, but I do it in a different way, does that make me less Jewish because I took it to a different, like a different variant of celebrating Hanukkah? No, but I think there's an arrogance to it, and that it's. Um, I I think this is something that we see like really frequently with people who are living like in whatever like you you see this consistently with humans that sometimes will try and forgo all of the wisdom of the past and everything that brought us to this moment and all the mm-hmm. the truth that has been tested over time and that has been proven to be true and things that you can rely on like values so many but of the- there is there mm-hmm. is a sorry for for interrupting you but yeah, there is also it. there is also this in what you're saying, there is a prejudice of saying what is new is less, isn't no. as good as what is past. No, not at all. I don't think that all new ideas should should be, uh, you know, shoved aside. I mm-hmm. really love new ideas, but I think that it should be done with uh, prudence and trepidation and to make sure that we're fully assessing what we're choosing to throw out. Because you're essentially mm-hmm. saying, I know better than billions of people that have existed before me. And that's a really big statement. It doesn't mean you're wrong. You could be absolutely right. Mm-hmm. But you have to be really, really careful with what you're saying and recognize the gravity of that statement. If you want to practice on an individual level, do whatever you want. I can't control you. Mm-hmm. But if you want to 
you know, influence a lot of people and you're trying to bring them into a new movement and you really think that what you're doing is correct, fine. But you have to be damn well sure that you're correct because it there's so much at stake. What there you're saying so yeah. is that you're reimagining and like arguably the oldest religion in the world. So that's like a huge statement, you know? Yeah, I know. I know what I'm saying is harsh and, and it's a, it is a big statement. But again... Yeah, there is something beautiful in keeping the traditions that as it is. And I also have a nostalgic sense to it. And, yeah. and the fact that it, it is always the same and having this Shabbat dinner and the prayers and, yeah. uh, and the tradition of, of every holiday in itself. And by diversing that into this new age thing that I'm talking about is like taking that away from the tradition and away from what symbolizes like the core essence of it, maybe. Again, if I identify as Jew, if I identify as a Jewish person and I see myself in that and I respect the religion in my own way mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and I call for those like, OK, I call for those who want to join me to join me, but I don't force anyone to join me mm -hmm. like Ju like Judaism has done for forever. Like mm -hmm. we, we didn't we never conquered in order to, to, to convert the whole world to become Jewish. Right, right. Exactly. We were accepting of those who wanted to join our way. Actually, the opposite. We like made like, them, we made made them, them convince us that they, were, that they wanted to be a part of this. Because yeah, it's such a be, huge and, and, deal. and it's such a huge deal to become a Jew. And you go through so many tests yeah. in order to be, really become Jewish, which is, is tough and hard. And it shows commitment. But I love that. I want somebody who's like... Like my mother yeah. and brothers converted and I think it's amazing. Like it's one of the, the biggest parts mm -hmm. of why I feel so connected to my Judaism is because I was the second person in my family, like in my like small family born Jewish because mm -hmm. my mother and brothers like chose that for themselves. To me, that's so awesome and empowering and exciting. Mm -hmm. You know, it's like, yeah, it's like one of the, the most respectable things that they chose all of these restrictions because they saw some truth in it and it mm -hmm. was all a means for them to achieve ultimate freedom to become who they really wanted to be. You know, you have to sometimes put restrictions on yourself to ultimately become who you want to be, you know, like ultimate freedom isn't helpful. Like, let's say I want to have a, a you know, very healthy body. I have mm -hmm. to put on some restrictions on myself. I have to eat really well. I have to go to the gym. These are things that are required. I have to like take care of my mind, lower my stress. I have to put a lot of restrictions on myself and practices in place in order to ultimately become who I want to become instead of, you know, every single day doing whatever I want. Yeah. And, and, I, and again, I can also say that there is much I appreciate and there is much I value in being Jewish and, and the fact that the Torah gave us this structure of society that today is so important, like having a six-day week, uh, work work week and one-day yeah. rest. It was yeah. just something that is super important and I brilliant. it's, it's brilliant. So it's so smart <laughs> yeah. and it's so good. And having these family gatherings once every week and big holidays. Yeah. And, and frequent holidays And too. frequent yeah. holidays, yeah. And there is so much in it and and even say let's say medically like combining meat and and uh, and milk doesn't digest well yeah. it doesn't digest well and certain meats and certain food doesn't digest well in a human body so and smart. it's uh, and it's so smart to keep yeah. yourself away from that thing so yeah there are things that i say and i value in in what the torah gave us yeah. to this knowledge of understanding yeah 
So I won't say that I have a complete opinion on what is true or false or better or less or more or how to do that or so. But yeah. but one thing I will say. Yeah. One thing I will say. I feel that into this game it was <laughs> there there is in throughout the years and centuries there were there were so many politics involved and there for sure. were so I think many that's really hard for me to it's super okay hard for me to identify with rabbis today or with the the writings or the interpretations of what does that mean to be jewish and how do you practice judaism and what is like there are so many things that i see that are interpretations that i couldn't if say god is all loving all accepting harsh but also forgiving then i see god as this person who would love creation in all of its forms so by putting limitations on human beings with the say the excuse of not excuse excuse is a hard word but like putting these limitations on on human beings he will judge us at the end whether we are we were good person or or bad mm -hmm, mm -hmm. by who we were to our surroundings and that is True. more important than actually practicing the religion as it was like as it is, is interpreted today yeah like and there are things that i see that are offensive and limiting in today's interpretations to what the torah mm -hmm. meant mm -hmm. which i'm having a hard time identifying with yeah all right like limitations on women for example like what do we really need for example to limit a woman's voice and her singing in public all right yeah. do we have do we need that rule or that interpretation of the torah in in like is that not offensive from men towards women and i want to believe that god is as you know that he knows even better than that that he he himself would say oh you've taken that too far and you should be like it's it's so okay. like let live and let live and let live and let be like that's okay if you are unable if you are unable to control yourself then that's what you should work on and not put limitations on someone else because it is too tempting yeah. to hear a woman sing yeah i think that there's um there's validity to that i'm not sure about that exact example but i know there are also like religious women like fully religious the classical looking religious who sing in public um so i know that that's not a I know that there's a concept of kolisha and that they shouldn't sing mm -hmm. in front, but there are a lot of women that do. So I think it's and like again those who don't follow the same interpretations and the same rabbis. There are right. certain rabbis who I greatly respect, yeah. Yeah. who I greatly respect, who I see the way they look at life. Like they, they, they are first of all derech eretz kadmala Torah. We say right. Mm -hmm. So that is the that is important to me to first of all see that first of all be humane and first of all derech eretz yeah. to one and to the other yeah. and in society. Yeah. Now. Putting Judaism on top of that, do we put limitations on people in order for them to be into this or do we open up and like, do we, do we accept that we want to create a through the Torah mm -hmm. without limiting? Mm -hmm. See what I mean? How do we use the Torah to, to, give, to 
bring yeah. us into the Eretz. I think the word limit is hard for me because, again, like I said before, I think certain mm-hmm. limitations actually yeah. uh, like amplify you as a human being. Like I'm not going to do certain things in my life and those actually enhance and things my to life. Avoid. Yeah. And, and I'm going to avoid things. And, and I yeah. think that it's not like you could throw out all limitations. I think limits are good. I think like if, you know, people had sex with just mm-hmm. everyone, I think that's negative for, for mm-hmm. everyone and for social relationships. I think it's good to put limits on those things and to make it a holy thing and to, you know, separate that. And that's a limit, you know, mm-hmm. but it's a good limit. It's a positive. It's ultimately positive. It's a, it's a good limit. And I will t- and I'll follow you on that example and saying, okay, that is a negative thing if it's being exploited. It's a good thing if it's being done in a Derech Eretz way. What, having sex with everyone? If you are respective and you see that as a form of connection and you don't see it as something, you don't exploit it and you don't use the other person in front of you and the person that you're interacting with, mm-hmm. both women and men equally, right? right. right? Both men and, and women equally and, 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 by, and, and even, you know, and that's a, a different subject in itself, but the, the gay community as well. Like I want to, I want to believe that oof, that's a that's a big subject to talk about if you're to, mm-hmm. if you're putting that into a religious aspect. But again, I want to see this world. My ideal view of Israel is that that would be, uh, or Judaism in general, that would be of putting derech eretz up first mm-hmm. and the Torah second. Again, as a derech eretz kadma la Torah, in saying that if you're in your core, even if you're going off road. Mm-hmm. But in essence and in purity, in belief, in the way you act, are still respecting and not exploiting people around you and not expo- mm-hmm. exploiting the land and not exploiting. If you're not harming anyone in what you're doing and your intentions are truly good, then you won't be judged as a bad person. Yeah. I think it's putting the cart before the horse a little bit because like, if you're saying... We, we put Derech Eretz before we put the Torah. All the things that we know about what it is to be somebody who has Derech Eretz are things that we've, that the things that we take in, in modern Western society of the things that make a moral, ethical person are all things that are rooted in Judeo-Christian values, which are all taken from the Bible. So like in theory, if we if you really try to imagine yourself outside of Western, mm-hmm. modern Western society. Sometimes I like have this thought experiment with myself and I try and think what it would really be like to not have any of the preconceived notions I have to totally be tabula mm-hmm. rasa, blank slate mm-hmm. completely and try and think I could make yeah. ethical, uh, I could make moral arguments for literally er- everything. I could mm-hmm. say murder's okay. You know, uh, murder's okay to get what I want. Stealing's okay. These things are okay because I need something. It just depends where you put your priorities. But Judaism decided to put the priorities on making a net good for all of society and for the individual, for making yeah. both people advance mm-hmm. together, for making both the, the society and the individual advance together. Whereas I could try to put the goal of the individual advancing. And in that case, I could make many, many cases for murder, you know, all the, all the things that we that we say to be wrong in our modern yeah. society. So I think it's a little putting the cart before the horse, but I do think it's interesting to think about. Um, I wanna ask you mm-hmm. one more question before we start our, our wrapping up. I wanna ask you, as someone who's studying psychology and maybe you've experienced these things before, um, what do you think is worse, anxiety or depression? 
they come one one with the other. <laughs> you, you think, you think <laughs> they they're like hand in hand like they the come, devil? They come, they come hand in hand. And they come hand in hand. Because anxiety, couple. no, they're a cute couple. Anxiety <laughs> and depression. Uh, I think... I think anxiety is worse. I also think so. I think anxiety I is also worse. think so, yeah. Because anxiety could make you act out of impulsivity to protect yourself and, and on your survival aspects and mm. instincts. Mm-hmm. Uh, depression is a very tough thing to live with. Very, very. Very tough thing to live with. For sure. But it won't necessarily make you act impulsively. And mm. you will suffer, you'll be sad, which is also sometimes people forget that being sad is a good thing sometimes. Part of life, yeah. That's not okay. not, dep- not on depressional levels, but yeah, yeah. being sad is a basic emotion that we need it's to, nice. It's, it's nice. nice and it's important and showing vulnerability is important and for accepting sure. vulnerability is important. 100%, so yeah. what's worse for me, anxiety is worse because anxiety yeah. is this feeling of... I'm at risk. I'm I'm about to die. And it, in its base, most basic level, anxiety yeah. is a fear that something bad is about to happen to yeah. you or yeah. something or someone dear to you. Yeah. And that's a fear that is that is hard to calm down. Yeah. I I, to- I totally agree with you. My reasoning is a little bit different, but I do agree with you. I think anxiety is worse because my reasoning is that depression on its face all both of these things like feeling wise and experientially are awful obviously but i think depression's better in the sense that it is falsifiable like it mm, is not true yeah. you shouldn't actually be pessimistic about the world or about life there's actually amazing like on its face it's not true humans are beautiful and incredible on mm. average and have the potential for greatness and it's so you know, inspiring and beautiful and like we're amazing. It just excites me and I fall in love with humans all the time and life and all these beautiful things you see around you. Like mm-hmm. on its face, it's falsifiable. Whereas anxiety, there's legitimacy to it. Mm-hmm. There are things that you could reasonably be anxious about it's just that you have to control the levels and i think it's like controlling that spectrum is the challenge because it makes sense to be anxious sometimes mm-hmm. but like being depressed like you don't have to be it's it's really not the the like the more macro you get the and and like you're depressed about micro things the better it is or if you're like depressed about something macro the more micro you get the more you know optimistic you could be but anxiety is like something that's actually justified sometimes i think it's hard it's yeah and and it's something that proportions is a thing that is hard to yeah, teach proportions exactly it's hard to teach but once you get things into proportion anxiety and depression doesn't seem as as tough anymore yeah yeah you know? exactly um and that's maybe the maybe the 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 best tool to use whenever you're feeling depressed or ever, to to go to that like okay what's the again i'm depressed about what and yeah. th- and what are the proportions of what i'm feeling right now and bec- and and mm-hmm. why mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. all right exactly. compared to anyone exactly. else in the world exactly or history or also. history right, right. you know yeah. i was born to i was born in the 90s and i'm living in the 21st century and i could have easily been born 500 bc and have a much harder life than i'm having right now exactly like, so exactly. why 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 should i be depressed even exactly you know? exactly 
Uh, I just had this moment yesterday. Um, we we are coming into the exam period, and I was starting to you know like feeling ashamed about every second that I'm doing something that is not studying right now. <laughs> you know, I have this like guilt and shame of yeah. like not studying right now. And yesterday there was an, there, it was a beautiful day, and three friends of mine wanted to go kite surfing and windsurfing in, in Haifa. Mm. And I was like, am I going with them? I'm not. Am I going? And I'm not. And I'm going. I'm not. I was like struggling. And I went this uh, yesterday Good morning. For you. Yeah. Good and for it was you. super. And I, I even managed to study at the evening, which was fun, well, which was good. Good for you. But coming back from that, I was like, wow, me being able to decide on a Monday to get up, grab my stuff, and go surf. My life isn't that bad at it's all. It's amazing that you have my that option. Life, yeah. <laughs> why Why am I having so much guilt and shame and feeling yeah. so bad and down on myself? Like, my life is in a... I'm in a good place. I love that you had that reflection. That's so beautiful. That yeah. makes me really happy that you were able to, like, contextualize that for yourself and really appreciate what a luxury you have yeah. to, like, have these, like, you know, struggles. Again, proportions. Yeah. Like, proportions. It's, it's so important to have those beautiful amazing um shy in conclusion i want to ask you uh my last question for you what is a goal you have for your future self near future near future future, future. anything you want anything you want small or big i want to use the presence and my strengths that i already identify identified in myself i want to put them into Mm -hmm. use Beautiful. And I want to yeah. continue developing more of those Amazing. by being more curious. Like I already want to, I've gotten to this age where I want to start using what I've learned and what I've gathered in my life yeah. Yeah. and still growing. Amazing. I feel like I'm not yet at the point of using all my strengths. Like Beautiful. some of them I am, but mm-hmm. not all of them. Mm-hmm. I want to, I want to import more love into my life. Beautiful. always it's an it's a, a sustainable goal always yeah yeah value not yeah. goal yeah value. 100% <laughs> yeah, and i want to con- i want to influence and send out a message of people being more patient mm-hmm. people being more accepting people being more curious mm-hmm. being able to not go into impulsive automatic responses yeah and more and and take the time and to, to put things to be thoughtful take yeah. things into proportion amazing hopefully working with kids and youth because that's important to start from a very young age yeah 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 so these are short-term goals short short not term short short, short say it's it's something I feel like I'm about to start doing now, breaking out of university and with Amazing. my first degree. Like it's something that I've already started doing by the things that I work in and do today. I work. Yeah. You've mentioned that I I work in a foundation that uh, works with kids with special needs and kids and 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 teens at risk, and I do therapy and educational uh, work with them through the sea and sailing and surfing, wow. and and we're using the sea as our tool as our classroom cool. uh, so so i feel like i'm already doing parts of that uh, yeah. of what i've just said but i want to continue growing in that i want to put more of myself into that um and yeah 
and and import yeah i think i have answered your question pretty yeah, much bless yeah. you, that's, that's beautiful i hope you achieve that um now i want to ask you shy do you have a question for my next guest yeah yeah i do actually have a question for your next guest Amazing. which i hope they're going to enjoy this as much as i did okay great <laughs> And my question to your next guest would be, what would you say uh, to those who raise the opinion that Israel, the country that was born and built on the survivors of the Holocaust who've experienced racism, racism, what do you say to those who raise the opinion that Israel is becoming one of the racist places in the world? All right. All right. Good question. Uh, very thought-provoking spicy mm-hmm. all right uh thank you so much shy for sharing your soul with our viewers and me thank, and thank you for you. having me yeah pleasure and thank you to everyone for listening you're listening to audioversity have a blessed day the wandering jew podcast exploring beautiful humans thoughts and experiences with naomi edelman all our shows and podcasts available online on our website and on all podcast platforms Search Audioversity 